0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions.
1: Hi Steve and Justin. I loved your
2: show. I'm calling today about RH restoration hardware. And
0: provides unbiased answers.
1: And so it's had a massive run. And the reason I say this is analysts have built in pretty high expectations for the stuff for their earnings for this year and next year.
0: Invest Talk. Over 28 million downloads and counting.
1: Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Marco from Corning, New York. Been a loyal listener for over two years, and I love the show. I would love to get your take on Spark Energy, S-P-K-E.
0: Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-SHARK.
2: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, January 27th edition of Invest Talk, January 27, 2021, to be exact. And I am here today to bring you information and effective strategies. And I'm going to operate with philosophy, as always, of independent thinking and shared success. So when I unpack what's happening in the market, when I give you a process explanation that you can apply to your decision making, when I'm giving you just simple education on what certain terminology means or what a certain strategy uh, pros and cons are, or maybe it's just a stock commentary. All of that is going to be presented to you without bias. I'm here to give you the facts. Now I'm Justin Klein and of course we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. We love that you shape the show. We want you to shape the show. So in fact, you can call right now if you're listening live on air on our radio in the Bay Area or on our live stream 45 Pacific Time on our website, you can catch it there and you can call and talk to us during the show or leave a message on our voice bank at 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Marco from Corning, New York. been a loyal listener for over two years and I love the show. I would love to get your take on Spark Energy, S-P-K-E. Thank you. This Spark Energy, provides natural gas and electric utility services in 93 service territories across 19 states, about $171 million market cap. So although it's fairly broad, it is still very small, very small company here. It does yield about 6%. Uh, you know, I like the trend of the stock. It's in an uptrend. It's a little overbought currently, but... I'm a fan. I like the natural gas sector. I like the yield. It doesn't have too much debt in its balance sheet, so I like that. Um, I'm going to give Spark Energy a thumbs up in my book. I just uh, love the chart, love the industry, and really like that dividend. And the dividend looks to be... Just, let me look at the sustainability. Yeah, it looks to be sustainable based on cash flows. Their profitability metrics are good. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. That was Spark Energy, S-P-K-E is the symbol. Now, today in this program and podcast, I am going to do my best to provide unbiased answers to all of your finance and investment questions. If you are trying to achieve your own version of financial freedom, then you need strategies. You need ideas. You need opportunities. You need to make smart decisions, not just one time, but time and time again. So, I'm here now ready to take your calls at 8899 chart 8992 4270 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now let's check in on the market today. We had a broad-based down day. I've said this, I've been saying this for about a week now, that it's feeling like we are ready to have some sort of a pullback in the market. It was very overbought, you had a lot of frothiness in various parts of the market, and you saw a liquidity break today, even before the Fed announcement. Even the Fed came out, and there's really no news there. Uh, but the market was down pretty dramatically. A lot of this is unwinding from hedge funds. Uh, there's certainly some of that where uh, they're getting killed on their shorts. right? A lot of these Reddit traders are out there just big game hunting all of these hedge funds that have huge short positions. And that's why you see GameStop, which we're going to unpack uh, here a little bit later. Uh, But that also means they have to counterbalance their fund as well and rebalance. And if they take losses in one place, they need to uh, trim some gains in another. Uh, And that certainly brought volatility to the market as well. Uh, But overall, the sentiment has just been way, way, way too frothy. You had the S&P down 98 points today, about 3%. What was interesting, too, was that the growth side of the market was the weakest. Early in the day, it was not. But as we close today, large cap growth closed down about 3.15%. And the best style box, shall we say, for using the Morningstar style boxes, is where the small cap value. Typically, small caps more volatile than large caps. Well, not today. That was only down 1.8% on the small cap value. So... Big dispersion there. You're talking about one and a 1.35 percent difference in the performance between large cap growth and small cap value. So it shows you, you know, the the fang names, the 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 large big tech names today did not do very well, and I expect that going forward. You had Apple after hours. You had Tesla after hours. Uh, both, I I know Tesla was down. 8%. It might have recovered a little bit of that, eh, down about 6.74%, uh, down $59. Apple after hours had record earnings, and that was modest down day, about 1%. So, uh, really, really interesting liquidity break. Uh, and I think we're going to head for another 5%, I would say, at least on the downside of the market in the near term. And the big question is what type of support do we hit? How well does it hold there? Does it chop around? Uh, And I'm looking at that September low. The September low in the S&P is about 3,300, right? 3,250, shall we say? If it breaks that level, that would be an area that I would say, okay, bigger things are happening. We're in a bear market. But the first support level is right around 3,600. Second would be about 3,450. And the third would be around 3250. Those are the major support levels that I expect the market to at least get a little bounce on. Now listen to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. The calendar says 2021, and we know there will be challenges this year, just like today. And naturally you will have questions. So whatever is on your mind, I want to hear from you to remind you to That you can call our 24-hour listener line and leave your question on our voice bank system and myself or steve will provide unbiased answers on an upcoming show now on your now your participation isn't important so we are taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART
0: the new year is bringing lots of changes are you prepared is your portfolio balanced is it optimized you don't have to guess. You can get unbiased guidance from Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The phone lines are open now, and your questions are welcome. 888-99-CHART.
1: Let's go to James in New York looking at Kellogg. Um. Yeah,
0: I'd like to... Maybe add that to my portfolio. Um, looking to own it, really for the dividend, um, seems like a stable company. So uh, I just wanted to find out what level might be good to get in.
1: Yeah, we actually like Kellogg. It's had a recent bounce here off of fifty-seven, now at fifty. Sorry, sixty-two thirty-six at to the close today. Uh, our fair value is in the eighties. So we really like this name. We actually own it for some managed accounts. Yields three point seven percent. Uh, really undervalued, especially in relation to its free cash flow. And like you said, consistently profitable return in equity is 41% trailing 12 months. And over the last decade, averaged in the 40s, probably on average, right? Has high in 19, 2011 is 62%. So while they do have a pretty hefty amount of debt on their balance sheet, uh, their profitability is consistent and their cash flow is consistent. $1.3 billion trailing 12 months and you have a $21 billion market cap. So the free ca- cash flow yield right there is somewhere in the neighborhood of 7%. Uh, I lo- we like that. Uh, so this is definitely one of the most undervalued names in the market uh, in our book about, about some of the large cap names, well-known names. And, yeah, I, I I think this is a, a buy, certainly a little overbought here into the 100-day moving average, but if you're looking at it long-term, I'd own it. Now, my focus point today concerns a story about cryptocurrency, and it's a very hot topic these days, and we're going to unpack Bitcoin in general, other alternative currencies, what the future might hold from a, a use case, a regulatory standpoint, as well as ways to get exposed besides just owning the miners. Sorry, just owning the... I just gave it away there. Just owning Bitcoin in general, it's also the miners. So we're going to take a look at that. Next, we're going to look at Boeing. And, and the reason I want to look at Boeing is not because I want to highlight the troubles Boeing is having because uh, certainly a mixed bag of self-inflicted wounds as well as a uh, challenging environment they just simply ran into. But it's more of a lesson of corporate governance and how management is vital, is vital to not just growing a business, but keeping that business on top, keeping it profitable, keeping them in business. And there's been many times in the past where leaders have made poor decisions that drove large, large companies to the brink of insolvency and some actually into bankruptcy. So we're going to unpack that story. We're also going to look at the GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry explosion today and kind of unpack what's happening and give you an understanding of what the future holds for those stocks and maybe regulation. Uh, Not much they can really do, I don't think, but they're certainly going to try and I'm going to unpack that story. And then lastly, a story I couldn't get to yesterday, but about commodities and the trend towards green commodities. So if we have time for that. But let's get back to the phones. We have another live caller from L.A. Oh, sorry, from Atlanta. We're going to talk to L.A. looking at GameStop. There we go.
0: Hey, Justin. This is uh, L.A. from
2: Atlanta. Um, I guess you were going to actually touch on that topic. I missed the intro, but I'm just kind of curious – um, nerd take on some of the um, events that has been going on regarding GameStop AMC as well as some of the other stocks that have been gaining a spike in uh, social media interest.
1: Yeah. Well, and, my general take is that it's pretty funny because you have the power of the internet bringing millions, literally millions, uh, I think there's 1.2 million uh, members of, I think it's called Wall Street Yeah, lottery, something like that. I forgot the name of the Reddit uh, thread. Uh, But all these are basically, they're in collusion. They're colluding to drive a gamma squeeze, a short covering rally. uh, And they succeeded. And one of the hedge funds, I forgot the the name of the top of my head now, but they they were down 70%, according to, to rumors. And, you know, is it market manipulation? Probably. But, you know, hey, does Wall Street do this? Yeah, they do. They just you know, they, they 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 make money off of it. You know, when the little guy is making money off of the big guy, well then there's kinda of get up in arms. But hey, you know, these are the rules. They're playing by the rules. All they're doing is buying stock or buying call options and they're squeezing the shorts. And I, I I, I think shorts are fine. If you want to short this, a stock, by all means. I, I see nothing wrong with it. I actually think sh- short sellers are, are good for the market as a whole. Um, but this is obviously not an investment, right? You're you're speculating. It's pure speculation. As soon as uh, all the shorts are squeezed out, as soon as, the, as, short, as soon as the gamma squeeze is over, you know, GameStop's going to go back down. Uh, I actually kind of like GameStop going into it uh, this because I thought they're valuation and their earnings potential going forward were higher than the market expected, but it's gone way, way past anything that's reasonable right now at $347 a share. Just a month ago, it was trading at, you know, in the teens. So, you know, is it worth 50, 60, maybe $70? Sure, possibly, but not $347. So it's just a pure speculative game. It'll collapse, uh, but I don't really see much regulators can do about it. It's free speech, it's collusion, but how are you going to prosecute millions of small traders? Nearly impossible. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We made it. We are now in the fourth trading week of 2021, actually the final trading week. And it's important to remember that throughout this market uncertainty, the task of building our financial freedom must continue. So you cannot afford to backslide. So I'm here to help you in any way I can. Give us a call. At eight eight nine nine chart,
0: the markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk 99 chart.
1: 888-99-CHART, 888 4278 Let's unpack our focus point today, and that is the cryptocurrency space. And there are companies out there that have exposure to Bitcoin in some way. Some own it on their balance sheet. That's been a corporate strategy for some. You know, instead of the dollar, saying we don't want to own dollars. Others are companies that operate within the space, mainly miners, right? And so how this works is miners basically solve a computational problem in order to earn Bitcoin, in order to verify the next block on the blockchain. That's as simple as I can really put it. Right now, they get about 625 Bitcoins f- as a reward for every block that they quote unquote mine. What's interesting about the recent trend though is that every, I believe it's two or three years, the reward gets cut in half, call it halving. So this happened in May of last year. And so the new reward stands at 6.25 Bitcoins, but at $30,000 a Bitcoin, that's a lot, right? It's $180,000. Well, it takes a lot of computational power, and it's put out a lot of the small miners that don't have the computational power to solve these problems the fastest. Whoever solves it the fastest gets the reward. And so that's another way to gain exposure. And frankly, it's a leveraged way of gaining exposure, there's, it's kind of like owning a gold miner, which is a leveraged bet on the direction of gold prices. Or owning a Bitcoin miner, it's the same thing. Owning that leveraged bet, they're earning a profit, and they're holding on to the mined raw material, gold, in this case it's Bitcoin. Now the next question is, will Bitcoin be... Anything beyond just a speculative asset. Because that's the ethos of what it was supposed to be was a speculative asset. Or sorry, was a asset to go around the financial system. It's turned into a speculative asset, though. The ethos has been subverted by those that are just chasing returns. It's unfortunate. But that's the way it is. And the more I study the space, and this is something, you know, I've commented on throughout the last few years, and certainly my thoughts have evolved, and frankly, yours should too. And my thoughts will continue to evolve because it's a new space, just like technology, right? Technology in general evolves very fast. And so your thought process has to evolve with new developments. Right. Nobody could have seen three or four years ago that Bitcoin, or sorry, that Intel would have trouble with its production and change the dynamic of the industry. But that has happened and the industry has changed and you have to look at the semiconductor industry differently. Just like you're going to have to look at Bitcoin differently. And actually there's going to be some regulatory changes, especially taxation that's going to come down the pipe in this space in this year. Let's just say that. So even though you have big institutions adopting it to some degree, I definitely think there's going to be some hiccups in 2021 for Bitcoin. Let's go to Emilio's in San Francisco looking at Williams Company, WMB. How are you, sir? I'm well. Are you looking at Williams because you like natural gas, because you like its yeah, dividend? And I'm
0: looking it? to buy it to buy it on the, you know, the long run I just uh, and hold it.
1: Yeah, you know, okay. based on the economy, that what's happening, and so. Yeah, well, I would agree. I do like uh, the energy space in general, and for everyone out there, this is Williams Company. They're engaged in gathering, processing, storage, fractionation, and transportation of natural gas here in the United States. And historically, they have had a pretty consistent track record for the industry, because uh, the industry is always <clears throat> up and down. Now, trailing 12 months, they did about $2 billion in free cash flow. You're talking about a market cap of $25 billion. Their debt isn't too onerous uh, in my mind. So I like that. Uh, And I will say their dividend is probably butting up against their ability to raise it. So I don't think you're going to get an increase in that dividend soon unless you see natural gas prices really take off. Uh, But I like it overall it's not my favorite in the space I'll say that we actually own one for clients that we like better but Williams is on that list that short list of natural gas plays that we like we just don't like it quite as much as some of the others in the industry thanks for the call Emilios on the next invest talk this story the signs you have a bad retirement plan what are the alternatives if you have a retirement plan that significantly restricts your ability to earn a profit on your savings People unpack that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein and ready to take your questions live at 888.99 Chart. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. Whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at hackerone.com. That's H A C K E R O N E.com. HackerOne.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go
0: the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So, you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger,
2: for the ones who get it done.
0: Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com.
2: Hi, Steve and Justin. I loved your show. I'm calling
0: today about RH, Restoration Hardware. I have a position in it, and it's more than doubled in the last year. So I was wondering if I should take profits now or if you anticipate further growth uh, in this stock. And I appreciate any advice. Uh, thanks so much. Bye.
1: I would start taking some profits. You're starting to see a breakdown here. It's at $455 now, about 13% off its 52-week high of 524, but its 52-week low is 73 back in March, and so it's had a massive run. And the reason I say this is, analysts have built in pretty high expectations for the st- for the earnings for this year and next year, and they're actually starting to downgrade them now. Last year, they made $11.37. This year, they're supposed to make $17.47, and then $19 next year. So based on $19 next year, you might say $455 a share is actually not too bad of a multiple. Right? 25 ish on the multiple. But the problem is, is that I think there's been a lot of demand pulled forward. Right? People having excess cash because they're not traveling. They're not eating out as much. And their ability to, or willingness to spend on their home has gone up dramatically. And so I think you've seen a lot of that demand pulled forward. I like restoration hardware from a long-term perspective, but around $250 to $300 a share, that's where I would be excited to get in. But not here at $455. After this recent breakdown, I would expect a major pullback, and I would take some money off the table. Let's go to Richard in Walnut Creek, looking at GEO, which is a REIT that owns prisons, right? Are you looking to yep. own it, or do you own it? I have it, and uh, I bought it. I thought it was cheap. It kept going down,
0: um, and I, and I was patient because I thought I saw the value. And I'm aware that
1: like. The Democrats were heading in, in that direction, but I didn't want to you know, factor it in. I thought the valuation looked reasonable, and I thought that was baked in. But what, what is happening right now with the, with the executive order? How is it affecting, uh, affecting the private prison? And so yesterday it went down significantly. Today it went up significantly. I still own it, but what do you think I should do with it? Well, technically this is very interesting today. High volume. Or actually, this is a weekly chart. I'm looking at a weekly chart here. Yeah, so today, yesterday was down big and it reversed on pretty good volume and closed above yesterday's high, which is actually a bullish reversal. I will say that. So would not shock me to see a reversal rally here, maybe back up to 10, maybe into the low to mid-teens. That's certainly possible. The problem is, is that I think that would just be this may be part of, you know, squeezing the shorts uh, because there's uh, certainly going to be a lot of shorts in the name where uh, their business is threatened to be gone completely. Right? Looking at Geo Group five point eight days day, day short and just looking at the short interest. Yeah, fairly high short interest, but not extreme. But basically, the Biden administration has instructed the Attorney General not to renew contracts with private prison operators. So. It's not like they're going to stop being used tomorrow, but they're just not going to be renewed. Now, some may last until after he's out of office, so that certainly could change. Uh, But I would not be owning this. I'd be looking to get out of it, because I do think longer term from a political perspective, it's just getting more and more dirty to allow Private prisons, uh, criminal justice reform is becoming more of a bipartisan issue as time goes on as well. So although it does look bullish in the shorter term, I would be looking for an exit, uh, because don't, this is, this is the classic value trap. Yes, it looks cheap based on the current revenues, but hey, if in the next five to 10 years, those revenues are going to go to zero, there's not much value at all in the company. In fact, if there's debt, which I believe there is, yep, then they probably go bankrupt, and your stock is worth zero. So, uh, I would be looking for an exit. Thanks for the call. Eight eight nine nine chart 888-992-4278. We have about twenty minutes left in the show, so get your call in right now. Now I'm going to unpack Boeing. I think Boeing is an under-discussed story in today's market, and there's a lot of lessons that can be taken from it. Now, obviously, the 737 MAX crisis has been a thorn in their side for about 21 months now, right after the two fatal crashes. And corporate culture is struggling under that. And that contributed to this disaster or the disasters. But what's more shocking, even than that, is their financial performance and their balance sheet. Today, they announced the fifth straight quarterly loss. Their record annual profits in 2019 of 10.5 billion turned into a record loss in 2020 of 11.9 billion. They only delivered 157 cargo passenger and cargo planes last year. That's 80% less than 2018, right before the crisis. And luckily, Boeing got away with a slap on the wrist from regulators. And because of this, they've destroyed about $140 billion in shareholder value over the last two years. Now, the government has actually been nice to them. And this started, or the, the, the downfall started a long time ago. They, they merged with McDonnell Douglas in 97. And ever since then, they've had a really cozy relationship with the FAA. And in a lot of ways, they've been self-certifying their processes. One Boeing employee actually boasted of Jedi mind-tricking regulators. And a lot of jobs are relying on Boeing. One in 130 companies or jobs in America before the pandemic were employed by either Boeing or by one of its 12,000 local suppliers where well, there's about a million workers under there. And that's the problem here, is that they're strategically important in a lot of ways. And that's why the Department of Justice settled with them over the max jet mess for $2.5 billion, but actually only $244 million of that was fines. The rest was going back to the companies that had bought the airliners. Basically, reimbursements. Now, gross debt has more than doubled to $63 billion over the past year. And its negative free cash flow from 2020 was negative $20 billion. And even its defense contracts, it's having problems. NASA had to stop a rocket launch nine or eight minutes into launch because of a technical glitch there's been a lot of issues with their products. And research development is falling dramatically. And so this is a lesson that no company is too large. No company is too important to not have bad leadership Bring it down. And the bad leadership can come in multiple ways. It can be not seeing that other companies in your industry are innovating and eating your lunch and you're not innovating fast enough. It can be bad corporate culture leading to bad product development, bad customer service. It can be bad financial management, putting free cash flow profits into the wrong areas of your business. Such as borrowing money, buying back shares, is what Boeing did over the last decade. And so while a lot of people look at the quantitative analysis of a business, they don't pay enough attention to the qualitative analysis, which leadership is number one. And so, while certainly the pandemic is something Boeing didn't have any control over, the position that they entered the pandemic in, they absolutely had control over and management led them astray, unfortunately. So I hope that was a good lesson for you to understand where companies and leadership can go wrong. And it has in a big way for Boeing. I'm Justin Klein. You listen to Invest Talk. And so are many, many people. The greatest number of our listeners are from here in the U.S., but we have listeners from all around the world. And we're excited to have you all, whether you're in Germany, China, Thailand, Korea, the U.K., Canada. Thank you for listening, Steve and I. Really enjoy our community we have here. uh, The calls that come in. I know we get some people that call multiple times. We love that. And it's important for us to hear from you. That's why this show is driven by calls. Because that's most important to us. And so keep those calls, questions, and email messages coming in. And of course, you're welcome to call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. We would love to help you. We want to help you. But for now... Our Invest Talk phone lines are open. So give us a call at 888 99 chart.
0: Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. Hi, guys. Lee from North Carolina here. I had a question about Stitch Fix, ticker SFIX. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time. With Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Hey, Justin and Steve, this
1: is Phil in Washington, D.C. Love you guys. I've learned so much.
0: Or they can leave their questions anytime 24 7 in the Invest Talk voice bank. Look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Remember, for live or recorded questions, the number never changes 888 99 Chart. Hello,
2: this is Jose from New York. I wanted to know, what do you think about the company Vail? It's a mining company and they mine for nickel. And I was thinking of investing in this company due to the high demand, for nickel or the EV batteries that are being used by Tesla and other EV producers. I would like to know what do you think about it for a long-term investment? Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for all the information you provide.
1: All right, looking at Valet, this is actually a Brazilian company, and they've been on a tear recently, like a lot of commodity producers, but you're starting to see a rollover here in the space in general. This is about 13% off its 52-week high of $19, now it's $16.51. 52-week low is $6.49 a share. Earnings in 2020 were expected to be $1.89 once they finally post the fourth quarter earnings. And then this year it's supposed to be $3.22. So that's why you have this big rise up in earnings or in the price because earnings expectations are also on the rise. Now, the issue here though is that they don't really have an economic moat. Uh, they're just a price taker. So it's a bet on just the commodity price in general and I do think that commodity prices overall will go up but the problem with Vale is that it's pretty diversified right and its biggest product is actually iron ore and iron ore pellets now it does have some exposure to nickel mines like you said it has some copper but it's not a pure play and so that's my issue here. Is I rather own a pure play miner of, of nickel over this name, which is more diversified and only has a small nickel uh, exposure. But if you're looking at free cash flow, you're looking at earnings. You know, it's pretty good. So it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for a pretty strong well-diversified miner, especially with foreign currency exposure, if the dollar goes down, that certainly will help this business. Or are you looking for a pure nickel miner? And this frankly just wouldn't be the one I would be investing in because it's such a small percentage of their business. That was V-A-L-E, Vale, thanks for the call, great question. Now let's touch quickly on, again, on on GameStop and and some of these other short squeezes that are out there. And the big question is, what can be done about it? Right? This is something, you've seen this before. Not by individuals on Reddit or Twitter or Facebook is kind of where they're congregating now. But with Volkswagen back in the day, there was a big short squeeze. And this happens from time to time when there's too many institutional investors short. And remember, with a short, you can lose infinite amount of money. If you short something at 10 and it goes to a 1,000, you can lose far more than 100%. And that's the issue here with GameStop and why you're seeing this short squeeze. And so the strategy that they employ... It's frankly smart. Now, is it market manipulation? Maybe. Are they going to be able to prosecute these people? Millions? All right. This isn't one entity creating it. This is thousands of people getting together and doing it. I just don't think it's possible. But it is a sign of the times. Kind of that gambling mentality that everyone in the market has right now. We're going into our final break, so give me a call at 888-99-CHART.
0: This is InvestTalk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Justin Klein is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888-99-CHART.
1: We've another live call. We're going to head over to Santa Cruz and talk with John. He's looking at Broadmark Realty Capital. This is a REIT. Uh, do you own it or are you looking to buy it?
2: I'm uh, thinking about buying it. Uh, I know it's kind of a small one. It's only a billion-dollar market cap, but wondered what you think.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, with being small brings risk. Uh, And on top of that is their business model. And what they do is it's a REIT. So understand that that dividend that you're going to get yields about 8% right now current price is going to be taxed at your ordinary income tax rate, first off, unless it's held within a tax account like a 401k or an IRA. But what they do is they offer short-term first deed of trust loans secured by real estate for uh, acquisition, renovation, rehabilitation, development, etc., cetera, for residential and commercial properties. So they're offering very short-term loans backed by real estate, that's how they can qualify to be a REIT, and certainly earning high returns on that, uh, leveraging up their balance sheet uh, a little bit. Now, they don't have a ton of debt, so I like that, the fact that they don't really have a lot of debt, they're almost internally financed, so uh, that's pretty good, I like that. Uh, but their business model, in general, is going to be risky, right? Your, if the real estate market heads for a downturn, especially in the commercial space, right? How, that would be my biggest question: is how much of their loans are to residential projects versus commercial projects? And the commercial projects are they A class, B class, C class commercial uh, typically? Or and same on the residential side, are they doing condos, uh, individual homes, or what? What is their primary focus? So. That that would be important to kind of unpack uh, for me to really understand their business model. It's a high risk REIT, but if you think the real estate market in general is going to do well, then I would say, okay, my biggest issue is what is down the road. Not six months, I'm talking more like a year, two years down the road once the foreclosure moratorium is lifted, what does that do to the residential market, and how does the commercial market evolve as there's less stimulus, the, the economy reopens, but still people are doing business online, less and less in person. So it's interesting to me, I would just need to really do some more research on their underlying strategy and their history. Right, this is a company that just recently went public in October. So there's not a lot of price history, performance history, uh, but it's interesting. I will say that, but not enough information yet for me to pull the trigger. Now, let's see if I can fit another caller question in here. This time it's from a listener in Indiana who called our InvestDoc Voice Bank at 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name's Jonah from Indiana.
0: I'm calling in regards to telehealth play, American Well. I have heard in the past you talk about Teladoc. Um, and I'm kind of curious on your opinion on American Well, it's a little bit of a smaller company, tickers AMWL. Thank you.
1: Yeah, this is one of those names that I think is more attractive than a Teladoc. I think Teladoc is the big, shiny name. Uh, but a lot of the other ones are also growing pretty fast. This one, revenue growth trailing 12 months is 80%, Okay, which is not quite as good as Teladoc. But it's also... $10 billion market cap where Teladoc is $40 billion. Uh, and there's other ones that I also like better that are have better cash flow. Um, and, and I think Amwell is one of those. Uh, now, it has gone up pretty strongly recently, so I think it's a little overbought uh, over the past three days especially. Uh, but on a pullback, I don't mind it. It's not my favorite industry, but I do like it better than Teladoc. Uh, but I like exposure to the space uh, in general. Thanks for the call. Great question. Appreciate you all tuning in. This has been a wild day. Wild. uh, These these times in history are important to get some perspective or have some perspective. When you have companies going up hundreds of percent and you have these massive short squeezes and you have uh, the market going down because of it. We are in a rare time. I know a lot of new listeners, are also new investors. And so I encourage all of you to kind of step back, study history a little bit, and understand the risk that you're taking. And sometimes that can be okay. It can be okay to take risk, but as long as you understand it. A lot of people are kind of going into positions right now uh, as the market being a gambling machine, and it feels like that right now. But long term, it's not, right? The long term... Earnings will play out or rule out and rule the day, and we'll get there one day, just not today. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another InvestLock program. Steve and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our podcast downloads. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live stream broadcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific time. You can get our downloads free anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play as well as InvestTalk.com, and we encourage you to rate and review. Independent thinking, shared success. This is InvestTalk. Good night.
2: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities.